We are live. What's going on, everybody? You know what it is. Podcast for Nooners by Nooners, the Nooner Nation. Um, sorry about last night. Had a uh, had an issue with the internet. I was getting everything set up for the show last night, and then all of a sudden, uh, the internet crapped out and came back on at about 2 a.m. last night. So, it happens. But, as you can see, I am joined by a very special guest. Some might say, uh, Drinking Bro's Most Eligible Bachelor, and that's Taco the Dog. No, we got, we have the one and only, we have the one and only Jack Mandeville with us. What's going on, Jack? Hey, Bill Schofield, how you doing? I am doing well, doing well. What are you eating? Um, I'm at the Black Rifle lo- location in San Antonio. Office. I just picked myself up a, a chicken Caesar wrap uh, for the road. I'm heading up to the studio in Austin right now to go do the, uh, drink uh the friday night jack sesh um so yeah just enjoying some snacks and some coffee on the way up very nice very nice and uh that's a pretty new location in san antonio isn't it Is, are you at the actual office or at what? the uh the store no i'm at the store right now yeah it's uh it's on my way up so i always try to swing in here and grab something on the way north yeah do they uh do they like recognize you in there, or is it just another uh, another customer coming in to get coffee? Uh, sometimes it's both. Uh, a lot of people do, and and then sometimes, yeah, it's just uh, uh, are you? They ask uh, if you want to, uh, if you uh, are a veteran or a first responder for a discount, and I tell them I'm an employee, and they always look at me and they're like, "You? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, nice." Actually, I. Uh... Here in Des Moines, about a month ago, I saw like a big box truck that was all wrapped in black rifle. Um, so I don't know if they do distribution out here, but it's maybe they just, I'm sure you probably can pay to have just normal delivery trucks adver- like to advertise on them, you know, around town. And then, uh, but I thought that was pretty funny. And then actually yesterday, I stopped in at the uh, local Chipotle for lunch. And those two guys and they're eating wearing black rifle like collared shirts, like employee looking shirts. So it's everywhere. Uh, uh, it's hard not to see them on the streets these days. Yeah, and we got like a fleet of vans now. I don't even know how many vans we have at this point. It's it, uh, it used to be a uh, you know four years ago you'd see one you'd be like oh that's amazing right and now it's like oh there goes another company truck. Yeah, yeah, it used to be now. Um, yeah, if you saw even if you uh saw somebody wearing like a black rifle shirt, you got really excited, right? Like, oh, I know those guys. Yeah, like you're part of the club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like one of the only times I've ever been like recognized out and about from like doing the show and drinking bros and stuff was uh I was in a grocery store here in Des Moines and there was a guy, the guy in front of me was wearing um like black rifle hat, black rifle shirt you know had like a a a black rifle coffee thermos with him getting some stuff and uh i had he was decked out oh yeah yeah super fan and uh i had a a drinking bros hat on but i just like oh hey you like uh you like black rifle like those guys are awesome i've met a couple of those guys and he saw my hat and he's like oh yeah drinking bros i listened to that i was like yeah i know those guys pretty well too and i got talking to him all of a sudden he just like stopped he's like Yo, are you are like are you Bill from Des Moines? That's like on the show every once in a while. I was like, oh yeah, that's me. And he's Bill like, from Des Moines. And he's like, oh man, like can I get a picture? And I was like, um, I guess. Kind of caught me off guard. And then he checked out. He checked out and left. And then the the lady, like the you know teenage girl working the checkout at the uh, local High V grocery store, kind of looks at me. She's like, are you somebody I should know? And I was like, no, absolutely not. So. <laughs> But it was weird. 
That's I'm, awesome. I'm sure you probably had that. There was a time in your life where getting recognized in public was a little odd. Uh, it still is uh, because maybe happens. It depends on how much I go out. I'm kind of a recluse. I, I'm, I'm typically either at people I know. But uh, if I'm going out, yeah, a couple times a week. But, you know, that's not enough for it to be a normal thing. So it still, you know, catches me off guard at that time. Sometimes you know if someone's looking at you so that they are doing the, right. I know this guy from somewhere, size up type of thing. And a lot of the times, you know, it's not, oh, Jack Mandeville. It's like, you were in that thing. I'm like, uh, yeah, well, which one? Like, uh, that TV. I'm like, oh, I was in a couple of those things, yeah. <laughs> Were you yeah. the guy with your dick stuck in a blow-up doll for an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I still get those every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, you, did you at least keep one of the blow-up dolls? Do you, like, have it in your apartment? Yeah, so I went through, we went through 17 during uh, production. Um, the wardrobe girls, who I spent a lot of time with because of the blow-up doll, they, on the last day, they cut one of the blow-up dolls' heads off of the body, where it's like the thick plastic, uh -huh. and they signed the, the blow-up doll's face for me, and I still have that. If I were to ever do a Range 15 shadow box, that would probably be the centerpiece. It's a fun memory, uh, you know, going to wardrobe every morning and having to have them rig me up into my, my blow-up doll so it looked like my dick was properly stuck in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who's to say it wasn't, you know? It looked pretty real. Yeah. So, yeah, I did method acting, yeah. Yeah, and for those who don't know what we're referencing, uh, Jack was part of the cast of a, uh, a you know, veteran movie, Range 15, with uh, a bunch of people you'd probably know from the community, you know, Matt Bass, Ross, Evans in it, a um, couple Medal of Honor recipients, Danny Trejo, you know, they were all in it. So I think it was like the... Shatter, yeah, um, like... Big acting names. We were like the lowest names on that totem pole. Right. Yeah, it wasn't a, I believe, um, if memory serves me correctly, it was like the highest grossing independent film of, what year was that, 2016? 2016. I, it was the second highest on iTunes and Amazon. We lost to, or it was the second highest, yeah, from what I believe. They, it was the first highest, I think, in comedies, but um, as far overall, I think it was, like, number two. But we had a th theatrical release of over 400 theaters, so that definitely pumped the numbers up a good bit. Yeah. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, from everything I've heard, it was a, a blast. Everybody loved doing the film and all the stuff afterwards, so. But. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, when we were in it, uh, the uh, the... Uh, he, he was uh, one of the ADs, uh, a guy named Hollywood Heard, told me that you need to you need to appreciate this now because it's not normal for it to, to be on a film this big your first time around. And uh, everyone on the crew and even a lot of the uh, cast who were uh, regular actors, they told us that this isn't a normal set. It's like, it's really good vibes. And after years now of working on more normal sets, Looking back on it, it was a really tremendous period, uh, and it was different. It wasn't just because it was my first time. I've never been on a set like that since where everybody – nope, none of the actors were in their trailers at all. We were all just hanging out together in the common area, you know, even when we weren't working. Right. Yeah, great. So, also, thanks for uh, taking the time to come on, man. I, uh, I appreciate it. I'm assuming – that uh, you're just too much of a Midwesterner to say no to things like this. <laughs> a bit of it. I was up late last night. I was thinking a Midwest thing about the only people from the the only people that I allow to call me buddy, where I know it's not like a condescending thing, are people from like the upper Midwest, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Dakotas, because buddy really is like a term of endearment up there. But I've noticed like a everywhere else in America, buddy's a little condescending. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that kind of Midwest idiosyncrasy last night. Uh, and yes, there's a degree of Midwestern. It's, that's not, I don't think that's a Midwestern thing. I'm just a pussy, Bill. That's all. But I want, I want to come in and, and talk to you. And I, 
I love this opportunity, and everyone's been telling me about the Nooner podcast forever. People call in and tell me about the Nooner podcast. I'm like, I got to get around to fucking seeing what this is all about. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Kind of, uh, kind of the story behind it is, um, like you know, during the pandemic, the Drinking Bros, they were always going live. You know, that's when they kind of jumped off this whole like shooting live every day thing. And uh, when you go live, and you know this. Yeah. On YouTube, there's the live chat, and kind of through the pandemic, especially for uh, like Ross and Jesse's show, uh, Ross Patterson Revolution, the the live chat kind of became its own character within the show. Um, so, Holy moly, Joel showed me that. Yeah, I've I've seen it before. Yeah, it's something else. Oh yeah. So then, uh, just throughout time, you know, getting to know the people in the live chat and stuff. There's a lot of really interesting people and funny people. And then, uh, so yeah, I figured I'd start this up and highlight some of the people in the community. Come on, have fun. Um, you know, it's very, it's a very niche show, but it's our niche as somebody told me. So I enjoy doing it for sure. Yeah. Kind of, uh, you all know each other very well. It seems like a lot of you do. Oh yeah. Yeah. A little too well. Some of us, you know, but (laughs) yeah, I think yeah, well, our, uh, you know, yeah, our, we gotta do it. My most viewed, that's, that's... my most viewed episode is, uh, Jessica explaining the time that she, uh, had sex in the drinking bros studio and broke the couch. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's the oh, most, that old, that, that old studio had some stories I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. The new studio is nice. Are you getting your, uh, your own set set up in there? Yeah, so I keep meaning to come in on a Thursday or super early on a Friday, but uh, I, there's, there's always something, you know, two weeks ago I was balls deep into this uh, article that I've been writing, uh, and then uh, yesterday I was filming from about noon till almost 7 o'clock at night or 6.30-ish. Um, and so I haven't been able to get up to the studio early and just set everything up. Uh, but I'm thinking next week I'll have the opportunity to go in there on a Thursday and fully decorate the place, and uh, and that will be the set from now on. Yeah, awesome. And you're also going to be uh, going on just the proper YouTube channel, right? You're not going to be doing Patreon. Yeah, I'm going to be going. I, I, we I, we have pretty much already already are on proper, but yeah, we're going to be doing an RSS feed. You'll be able to listen to. Uh, you'll be able to go to iTunes and Spotify and all that kind of stuff and listen listen to it. And uh, we, we're we going to, um, in a good way, people don't like hearing this because they, they like the, I like the mayhem of the show. They like the mayhem of the show. But we are going to be um, tweaking the structure a bit. Okay. It's still going to be a call-in show. It's still going to be a call-in show. It's still going to be what you're seeing now but we're just adding levels to it where uh, there's going to be more comedic levels that we're going to have within the show which i'm really looking forward to uh joel's joel's been a huge help he's been on board and joel uh joel's also really gonna um uh evolve his persona within the show and we'll, we'll be having he'll be more of a character on the show instead of just like the producer uh who i ramble at uh, at times you know right Right, yeah. So going big time. I was uh, I had a blast the other week helping you produce your show in Minneapolis. Yeah, that was fun. You did a great job, man. Yeah, I was a little nervous about it. Like I, uh, again, you know how it is behind the scenes. It's all it's all chaos until you know you you stop filming. But yeah, I was uh, sitting there wondering when the camera was going to die because they sent me the wrong power cord for it. So I was running off a of battery, and then. Yeah. Um, like audio is something that I'm still kind of learning as far as like when looking at levels and stuff, like what's going on. So I was really worried the whole time about like your microphone, picking up somebody else's voice and echoing, but it seems like it all, uh, it turned out pretty well. And it was, a, it was definitely a fun time for sure. Great hotel room. It was, a, it was a fun time. You and I, you and I had a great, uh, uh, back and forth and, uh, we didn't have enough time to get everybody in there on, but we were able to get uh, uh, Holly and her sister Amber on, and that was fun having them on. Um, well, we uh, we talked about Hot Dish, which uh, there was um, a young lady uh, that I work with. 
she was talking about this guy she met from Minnesota, and uh, she's like, do you all really put, is tuna casserole really a big thing up there where you come from? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like street tacos down here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a staple of the diet. She didn't believe me that it was a thing. The, the idea of tuna casserole was such a foreign concept to her. Uh, uh, so it was just kind of funny that, you know, Amber was giving her best hot dish recipe because, you know, everyone's got their own little way of doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was it? Uh, I mean, I know some people put, like, green beans in theirs. You know, some people mm-hmm. some people go hash browns. That's how my mom did it, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I'm trying to think. Oh, the uh, the ongoing battle and Drinking Bros and Nooner live chats right now is uh, where do cheese curds fall on, like, the overall totem pole of foods. Uh, Jonathan, who you met, we all know him as Jonathan. He, he's, he's leading the charge wow. for, for uh, you know, he's leading the crusade for cheese curds. Well, cheese curds are uh, absolutely amazing. It's hard to find. Uh, there's a chain called Culver's that's, mm-hmm. that's headquartered out of Wisconsin. Um they make them so there's, you know, they, we have a Culver's here in San Antonio. There's one up in Austin, but you don't see them served at normal joints. It's definitely a, a Wisconsin, Minnesota, probably a Dakota, maybe a Michigan thing. But yeah, it's curds are they're amazing. I mean, they're basically Midwestern mozzarella sticks. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. You get them, uh, yeah. you can get them in pretty much any bar in Iowa, but it seems like at the uh, the yeah. can the the uh, Missouri border, like they're stopped. They stop serving them once you get to the Missouri border. You know, yeah, no cheese yeah. curds. Well, because you know the Midwest has, has a lot of different. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa have more of the uh, French slash Germanic mm-hmm. influence uh, of culture, where Minnesota and the Dakotas is more of the Scandinavian slash Germanic mm-hmm. influence, and then Michigan is just like uh, you know. Uh, northern dudes with confederate flags and you know that wear nothing but camo and then you go into the city and it's, everyone looks like m&m yeah 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 you got guys trying to uh kidnap the governor and shit you know in michigan yeah 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 detroit yeah a little, little more chaotic there than places like uh wisconsin yeah no kidding no kidding uh minneapolis is a nice town i enjoyed i enjoyed it um, I know it's had its uh, town, man. It's, it's had its uh, you know, turmoil over the past couple of years, but overall, it still seems like a pretty awesome place. It is. I went there shortly after all that stuff kind of died down, and it was sad. It was tough. It was tough to see, um, kind of the state the city was in, but it it seems like it's. From what I recall, then again, I haven't lived there in like 16, 17 years, but it seems like it's kind of back to the Minneapolis I remember. Yeah, it was nice. It was, it was, I mean, you're, you're always going to, when you get in a bigger city, you're going to have big city things, right? Like, you know, it's not going to be as clean and you're going to have homeless. But overall, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's clean, it's fun, it seems pretty safe, at least where we were downtown. So, you know. I'd imagine there's probably some rough places yeah. in Min- in Minneapolis, but overall, it was a good time. And uh, like I said, I had a got us a really cool hotel room to do the uh, show in. It was pretty dope. The kind of this weird, uh, I don't know, like the almost like Great Gatsby kind of vibe, yeah. but almost kind of uh, Art Deco is what it's called. Yep, yeah, yeah, Art Deco, and then almost like I'm trying to think like. The end of Art Deco and almost kind of fading towards mid-century modern kind of vibe, you know? So Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely got some Gatsby vibes with that interior. Yeah. Uh, it is really cool, though. Like they, uh, We went up to that uh, the, the top floor where they have the, the probation, which is a cool bar up top where you can mm-hmm. see the overlook the city. And uh, it's, it's at the, the Fauché Tower is built like an old one of those old uh, skyscrapers, so it kind of yeah, slowly pyramids in. So that top bar, you can kind of see the whole 360 view of the city. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mentioned that. You can tell it's an old skyscraper because 
it tapers so like every floor was just kind of like a dare from the architect like i think we can do one more yeah. would i do that's like maybe How one more can we take this yeah so but yeah it was a cool place it's uh the w hotel at the fauchet i definitely uh, recommend it if you're in yeah. downtown minneapolis it was cool i uh after we went out to dinner i went into the the bar the hotel bar because it was popping off pretty crazy and uh very stylish very swanky place um i'm pretty sure i was approached by a lady of the night at the bar so it was a good time wouldn't be a bad place to have clients probably not she seemed classy she, but then she was like trying to put my number her number into my phone and i was like uh like i don't know what this is but i'm not interested you know yeah so um when you're in vegas and if, if you're in vegas and a hot woman just starts comes up and talking to you she's a hooker man she's not really interested in you for your looks she's right. gonna eventually ask for money oh well here's the thing in the end jack they all eventually ask for money <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that's a. I've had my I've had my wallet bled in the past. That's for sure. Oh yeah, there's a. I remember Vegas. There was a time we went. I went out there with my brother-in-law for his uh, 21st birthday. This was ten years ago, and uh, uh, we were we were staying at the Trump, like the Trump Hotel, in you know, in Vegas. Yeah, it's actually a pretty nice place. It's a. It's kind of nice to be able to walk into your hotel and not have to go through like a mile of casino to get to your room. But uh, we were one. So he he's in the Air Force. He works on uh, F-16s, I believe. But at the time, he had just he was supposed to start training to be a fighter pilot, but his vision was too bad and they couldn't get it corrected enough. Yeah. But I was telling him, like, dude, you're single. You're 21. You're in Vegas. Like, just be a fighter pilot. Like, nobody knows, you know. And yeah. So he would never, he'd never use it, never use the line on these girls. And finally we're at a, I think we're at Paris playing blackjack. And this like super hot Asian chick comes and sits down next to him. And they start talking. Well, she's there for a Nopi, which is like a big import car show. You know, she's like one of the Asian models in a G-string feathering off the cars. And uh, yeah, they get talking. She, I don't know. She might have been working him. I don't know. It seemed pretty genuine talk, but she, then she like finally, after about an hour of them kind of flirting while they're playing blackjack, she's kind of like, "Oh well, like what hotel are you staying at?" And I was like, "Oh man, I, I was done playing by that point, just hanging out." And uh, but I immediately like, "Oh man, like something might happen." And then he's like, "Oh, we're staying at the Trump." She's like, "Oh, I've heard those rooms are gorgeous." And I, I light up even more, like, "Oh man." My brother-in-law is going to hook up with this, like, smoking hot chick. Because he's a pretty good-looking guy as well. And uh, he kind of, like, looks at her and goes, like, we, like, price-lined it for, like, 100 bucks. Like, next time you're in town, you should check it out. And I've never seen a female's face drop so quickly. Like, the, the confusion on her face was almost like she almost seemed insulted. He's basically saying, I'm going to fuck your brains out. Yeah. And he just, just. <laughs> Yeah. Un subconsciously. Yeah, like just yeah. just be like a nice guy, like oh yeah, like huh, yeah, you should check it out. It's a nice hotel. I like my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I was like, do you not see what's happening here? He's like, you think? I was like, I'm about to have to call your sister and explain to her why I have to have sex with this chick at our room. You know, like she, like she teed this up and you just <laughs> dropped the ball, man. Dropped the ball. This was this. Yeah. Was, this was also the night before I took him to uh, the Spearmint Rhino in Vegas, the strip club, and uh, had an old oh, man yeah. oh, had, yeah. had an old man rub my shoulder. It was fucking weird. That's, okay, well, I mean, uh, that's nice. That can be nice as long as it's not in a weird setting. So, I think I've told this one before on the show, it but but like, we're at the bar, kind of. I, you've been in there. It's laid out, kind of weird, but um. I have not. Oh, yeah. I've not. I have not been in there. I have. I have. Uh, I've had clients in the past that love strip clubs. I'm not a strip club guy. It's not for any moral reasons. I don't look down on people who like strip clubs, um, and I don't look down on strippers. I I get the hustle. Um, it's just for me. It doesn't make any sense to spend money to look at titties 
when I got fucking, you know, the internet at right. home. You know what I mean? Yep. So for me, it's like a physical thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm the same way. I'm not a, a huge strip club guy, but we could see it from our hotel room. Like, I was on the phone. My wife didn't come with us. I was on the phone with her. I was like, oh, yeah, the Spearmint Rhino's across the street. She's like, oh, it's Chris's birthday. Like, take him over there and, you know, get him, like, you know, whatever he wants. I was like, okay. So, anyways, we go in there. I'm asking him what he's into. Surprisingly, for some reason, because of the night before, he's like, oh, I'm into Asian chicks. I'm like, well, you blew last night, so what the fuck's your problem? But end up getting him a lap dance. So, he's, like, we're kind of sitting at this bar, and... Uh, like he's on one side of me and then there's probably like this, I don't know, late fifties, early sixties, dude, like well-dressed and stuff at the bar beside me on the other side of me, he's getting a lap dance from this Asian chick. And I see this guy beside me kind of keep like looking around me at this girl. I'm like, okay, like there's this like hot naked girl right here. Like I get it. Then he reaches over and starts rubbing my arm. He's like, man, that chick has me so hard right now. And I was like, uh, Oh yeah. I was like, nope, done. Yeah. Nope. I think I took like a hundred bucks out of my wallet, handed it to my brother-in-law. I was like, hey man, I'm gonna go like find somewhere to play craps. <laughs> I'm done with this. Yeah. So yeah. Great. Creepy experience. But it's a nice place. If you're in Vegas and like strip clubs, I mean, it's pretty classy. It's a lot classier than, you know, most Midwestern strip clubs. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know what I like so with those clients. I used to go to them, like, literally because this guy gives me money. I'll get to drink for free. I'll, I'm, I'll make the best of it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not paying for dances. <laughs> um, what, so I've been to clubs from from, from New York to D.C. To, to Florida and, you know, obviously the Midwest and Vegas, L.A., all that. I got to say, I really like, you know why I like the New York strippers the best? Is they're all business because, uh, Typically, when you know, they come up and they're like, hey, sweetie, want to dance? And I'm like, no, I, I just, I'd really rather not spend I, – I, I'm really not here for that tonight. And they'll sit there and pressure you and give mm-hmm. you shit and try to cajole you into getting a dance. Where in New York, if you tell a stripper, like, I'm not really – before you could even yeah. finish saying you're not interested, they're already walking off to the next guy, yeah. which I appreciate uh, their, their professionalism in that sense. Yeah. I mean, time is money. They're not going to sit there and haggle. They're just going to go to the next one, you know? Exactly. Yep. So, but yeah, I don't know. I've I've actually never been to any of the strip clubs in Iowa, uh, mainly because just from the outside of them, you can tell exactly what they are. the uh, The big one here in Des Moines is the Lumber Yard. That is such a goddamn Iowa name for a strip club. Yeah, where real men get wood. Apparently, is their uh, you know their tagline. That is. That is just amazing. Yeah, and then the other one is a uh, Big Earl's Gold Mine, and that one, like, just looking at the parking lot, you need a tetanus shot. Like gravel parking lot, just covered in like oh, yeah. blood and vomit. It's just, like this gray brick. Ninety four ninety four Honda Accords. Yeah. So I know um, a little bit about your history. At one point, you were you're an oil man, right? You're up in the fields. That, uh, in West Texas, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, there's probably some uh, like pop up strip clubs out there, right? And that kind of when you get out to the oil fields, I know I don't know about the ones in Texas, but I've spent some time uh, and like kind of with some people that have worked in the Canadian oil fields, and they say it's just like almost yeah. it's almost like Tombstone esque, like it's just like you know pop up uh casinos and brothels and you're paying like six thousand dollars a month to rent a double wide it's like the wild west is that what like the west texas oil fields are like uh there's probably a little more more infrastructure i know in midland where i lived i don't think they allowed strip clubs so you'd have to drive to odessa which is the neighboring oil town and uh yeah, probably not the greatest, uh, you know, not New York or Vegas or L.A. level women in those places. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's, I don't think it's as much as it, it's like, because I, uh, I know a dancer who she used to work in uh, North Dakota, and they would basically, yeah, they live in a, 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 a camp together, 
and then go work at night and just make a shitload of money and then go back to wherever they were from. Um, it's not like that. I think the, most of the strippers around West Texas are local. Yeah. Well, cool. So Midland's had a hundred years. Midland has had a hundred years to be an oil city. So you kind of have everything you need out there. Where places like the Dakotas, Montana, and Alberta, Saskatchewan, it's definitely a lot more pop up. Uh, they're just kind of getting into the uh, the meat of uh, the, uh, the oil wor- oil work up there. Right. So you're a Minnesota kid who ends up in uh-huh. a, who ends up in an oil field, who then ends up with his yeah. dick a, his dick in a blow up doll, and is now a content creator yeah. for like the top market share of online coffee sellers. Yes, I mean that's yeah. In a nutshell, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I consider myself a writer first and foremost before everything. That's where I, that's how I spend most of my time creatively. That's technically how I make most of my money. But yes, I'm a writer slash producer, and then uh, obviously I do acting as well. But uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I uh, uh, I will always consider myself a Minnesotan, but I was born in Los Angeles. Spent the first few years of my life there. Yeah. Okay. So what? What took you? What took your family to Minnesota then? Work, I'm assuming. My my, my mother's from Minnesota. Uh, L.A. in the late '80s was starting to blow up. Uh, my dad. I think my dad was able to sell the, his house in uh, Moore Park, which was, at that time was a very rural town. Uh, he was able to sell it for a good amount of money. Moore Park now is just a, a booming suburb. Uh, in Simi Valley there. But, uh, yeah, I think he made some dough off the house and be- uh, better quality of life in in the in Minnesota, uh, supposedly, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd assume so. I uh, I grew up in western North Carolina in, like, a small mountain town. and uh, But even yeah. there, even the moving to uh, the Midwest, I can't – I don't really have any complaints other than the winters get a little shitty. But – yeah. The people are great. Yeah, you know, yeah. the The pace, the pace of living is pretty chill. And uh, well, you're you're in Des Moines, right? Yep. Isn't Des Moines consistently ranked as one of the top three cities in America to raise a family? It's it gets ranked in a lot of things. Um, I don't know about now, but I know uh, like probably two years ago, I was on a plane heading to uh, Vegas. Actually, surprisingly. And read like the in-flight magazine, and uh, it had a listing about how Des Moines was like in the top three five years in a row for like young professionals to move to, and yeah, fam like raising families. Yeah. It, it ranks pretty high. Uh, it's a pretty cool town. It's uh, a trying to think what it compares to. It's probably about the size of Charlotte overall. I mean, Charlotte's a bit sprawling, but wow, that. That's uh, that's bigger than I. I know it's a big town, but that's bigger than I uh, expected it to be. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a decent size. Um, definitely, I'm trying to think of what towns I can compare it to. Like, definitely bigger than Raleigh. Um, but yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte's a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Charlotte. Obviously, I don't know if anybody's been to Charlotte. Charlotte kind of sprawls. You know, it's spread, whereas Des Moines and its metro are kind of pretty dense in there. Um, and it doesn't take you very long to get to farmland once you leave downtown. But, uh, but yeah, it's nice. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. I like cities that are, I like cities that are designed like that. I'll take a New York over in L.A. when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely nice because uh, there's plenty of things to do. But to get from one end of town to the other, it's like 10 minutes in bad traffic, you know. It oh, doesn't take great. long to get anywhere. That's great. Cost of living is great, um, you know. Yeah, no complaints. Other than, like I said, the winters blow, but yeah, but you live with it. You've got the summers in Texas, and pretty much any other time of year in Texas. Does San Antonio get kind of mild in the uh, winters, or does it stay pretty hot? No, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it get down to the thirties before here, um, but yeah, typically it's around the forties, fifties. 60s on a great day. Um, last last winter was uh, last winter was a little warmer. The winter prior to that was pretty cold, from what I recall. Um, 
Yeah, but it it, it can be uh, it, it, it it can be it's jacket weather. Yeah. Okay. So what? Uh, not uh, not 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 Iowa jacket weather where you gotta put on the oh, big dude. North Face oh, jacket dude. and the beanie. It doesn't but matter. It's definitely a beanie. Oh yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I've got a, a huge like this big expensive uh Swedish brand Fjallraven parka that I wear. Oh, that's a good brand. Love it. I bought it yeah. in I bought it in Boston cuz I went to I, go see my brother out there and coming from yeah. Des Moines it was like in February, we went for my birthday. And checking the weather, you know, in Des Moines it was like 0 degrees with like a negative 4 wind chill. And then in Boston, my brother lived out there. It was like, oh, it's going to be like 40s, you know, lows are going to be like 30s. Like, oh, great. I just need to bring like a light jacket. It was the coldest 30 degrees I've ever experienced in Boston. I'm assuming because it's like wet. It was very wet and windy. Like the wind just sweeps through the streets. So I ended up breaking down and buying this like massive mm-hmm. like Fjall Raven parka. And I love it. But the Midwest <laughs> wind, when it's, when it's like it could be, you know, pretty like mild for Midwest terms, like, you know, 15 degrees, but you've got like 10 mile an hour winds. That wind just cuts through everything. Like it doesn't matter what you're wearing. The wind's yeah. getting, the yeah. wind's finding some exposed piece of skin and just raping you with the wind. It's awful. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough up there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, usually if I, when I go home in the winters, when I go to visit my family in the winters, three or four days, I get that nostalgic, you know, this is where I grew up feeling, and then I'm ready to kind of get, get out of that. Yeah, thaw out a little bit. But, yeah. So, yeah, back to Texas where it's 50. Right. So, Minnesotan kid, uh, if I'm correct, right, you were kind of in the Minneapolis area growing up? Yeah, I grew up, in, grew up in the suburbs out there, just probably maybe 15, 20 minutes from downtown. Yeah. Gotcha. So what I took... never realized how close my where I grew up. Oh, go ahead. No, I never realized how uh, close I was to when I was a kid. It seemed like such a long drive, but, you know, uh, now it's like, oh, that, it's, it's really quick to get to downtown from where my parents live, yeah. Yeah, well, this day and age, you gauge everything on the cost of the Uber ride, right? Instead of being it's like not ten minutes, yes, it's a yeah, it's a twenty dollar yeah. Uber ride, it's a fifteen dollar Uber ride. If you're going anywhere in Austin, it's a seventy five dollar yeah, Uber ride. It's probably a fifteen minute Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, so what what got you from Minneapolis into the Marines? Like why? Why did you choose to take that path? Well, everybody has. Uh, it seems like everybody has a very romantic story on why they joined the military. And, you know, 9/11, the love of my country. Some people, you know, they'll tell you, you know, I wanted to get an education, and. uh Really, my reasoning is I was just a bored kid from the suburbs, and I needed a little chunk of time, a little uh, uh, a buffer, if you will, to, to just you know to decide what I wanted to do. So the Marines seemed like a, a fun little option. I walked into the recruiting office, and I said to the recruiter, you know, he's like trying to tell me about all the jobs, and I go, well, who are the guys that you know like are storming the beaches in the commercials? And he says the infantry, and I said, okay, I'll do that. Sign me up, and it's pretty much that easy. Right? Did you uh, did you enjoy yeah. your time in the Marines? Uh, well, it's, it's, you know, 38 year old me, uh, who's not done it in years, I, I could say yes, but in the moment, uh, there's more of a, this is bullshit type of mindset about it. I will say the greatest thing that, uh, uh, uh some lifelong friendships that I've had, uh, uh guys that, uh, to this day. I was just in D.C. recently, and I was able to meet up with four of them at once. One of them is a Green Beret officer now. The other is a, 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 a CPA that runs his own accounting firm of 30 employees. And the other is like um, he's about to retire as a, a lieutenant colonel 
and is uh, you know he's he works for Homeland Security as an active duty Marine, and uh, just all kicking ass in life, and all guys I just admire professionally and personally, and uh, yeah, I I I walked away with a lot. Of, I just got back from Midland, Texas, where I was doing a story about the police department out there. And it was spurned from one of my old Marine buddies who's a cop out there. And I did a ride along with him. And I decided uh, to go back and do a story about it, basically. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, again, trying to think back through kind of the what I've heard. Were you, was it you? Somebody was stationed kind of at the same place at the same time as like Dan and JT. I don't know if that was you or not, though. Can't recall. That was not me. They were, uh, no, I had real no, I, I would have, I, you know, working, Jake Garrett, JT, he knows everybody on the fucking planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen a, a natural networker like Jared, and a lot of it's just fate. Like, he just always ends up coincidentally sitting next to the right people, making conversation, and having their number uh, within 10 minutes. Um, Jared, uh, there's a, like, all, there's a, a two or three degrees of separation with Jared and mostly everyone that works at Black Rifle and how they spent their time in the military. I'm kind of an outlier. I, I, the, I don't have any, was never on deployment around the same time, was never, uh, uh, around them, uh, around the same time when we were in military service. Uh, so, yeah, their, their experiences are different than, than mine. That was a long fucking gotcha. for a short answer. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, kind yeah. of breaking up a little bit. But uh, somebody asked in the live chat, uh, asking, oh, how is a. Uh, how is Ross and Dan as a boss? Uh, I, I've got no complaints. Uh, I'm able to talk. Uh, uh, I, I've, I've got zero complaints. Uh, they both, I don't interact with them that much other than I see them maybe for two or three hours when I come, I, only because I go into the studio early. And, uh, you know, they're typically, you know, after those guys get off their show, uh, they're still working. They're having to do, they're having to run a business. Um, well, I've known Ross professionally for, fuck, eight, eight, eight years now. Um, so I, I've worked for him before, you know, when he directed the movie and all that. And um, he's always encouraged me to do whatever I want. He's given me critique, and it's been very good critique. And when I have listened to the critique, I've gotten better. Um, he's been performing much longer than me. I value his opinions. Uh, Dan is Dan. I've known Dan in personal settings before he was my boss. And Dan is Dan. He's very blunt when he talks to you. I, I, when I first met him maybe six years ago, I was like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? And then you just realize that's Dan. And I don't take it personally. You know, whenever he has something to say, that's just Dan. Right. He, he calls me bitch in, in, almost at least once in every conversation, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, his his endearing yeah, his endearing term for me is piece of shit, so. Yeah, there you go, yeah. I know, somebody's like, really? Like, he called like he called you a piece of shit a lot. I was like, yeah, that's just how Dan is. Like, You're good, man. He if, likes you. If he, he if likes he, you. If he didn't like me, he wouldn't take the time to insult me, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, they're good, great bosses. Great bosses. Yeah. So, before we hop off of here, one question. So, you have kind of a weird question for you. You you travel a lot. Like, plane, on plane yeah. travel, what is, like, your go-to movie to watch on the road? Okay, so... Can I can I put television in there? Yeah, of course. Or does it have to be a movie? No, you can go. You can go television. Historically, um, if I was staying at a hotel or on an airplane, I'll watch the fuck out of the office. Like I haven't like like I haven't seen that episode twenty times before. Um, 
I also now that Office is no longer on Netflix, I uh, I have HBO Max as well. I go to The Sopranos a lot. Oh yeah, Sopranos. But I look at it when I'm when I'm traveling. I look at watching comedies as uh, as I'm yes I'm enjoying it, but I also look at it as work research, uh, which is a good mindset to have. And I work in comedy. I'm always. I'm always trying to draw inspiration or uh, from from other people's work. Not not any ideas. Not to do what they do. Not to tell the same jokes. But I'm seeing styles, uh, the way people do certain style of comedy, and uh, and, try, and so to me, watching comedy is, is you know on an airplane on the road. I might as well be doing work, and I mean that in a good way. Like I'm getting two great things at once. I'm improving myself. Uh, as um as a writer and a creator and i'm getting to enjoy something that i like yeah i would i could you said the office and i'm sure people in the live chat are gonna start lighting up um i can go on and on about how pam is one of the worst people in television history but we won't go that's that's a different episode yeah that's a different episode that's a that's a ranting episode or maybe maybe i'll call into jack sesh tonight and me and you can go off on pam but my uh, on Pam, yeah. My 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 go-to uh, airplane movie is definitely Heat. I go Heat typically when I. Oh, have, that's a good one. Yeah. You can see, got the. That's a good one. Got the poster, the yeah. Kilmer poster up there. But now that I, I will say, oh, now yeah. that I uh, I purchased the new Top Gun. On digital, you know, streaming, might have to go Top Gun, switch it up a little bit. I've seen Heat a lot, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta ease your way out of routine every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Kids are going nuts. But um oh Gigi uh in the live chat says she loves your uh your pocket shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I almost you know, a part of me just wishes I didn't set the precedent of taking my shirt off for the for the Friday night jack because this is one of those shirts I just love to show to everybody and flex. I, I love this shirt. I saw it when I was up at a Target Field at a Twins game uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I said, I got to have that. I'm, so I'll probably be wearing this to every Twins game I go to from now on. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, they're in the, in the uh, live chat here also. Shout out to Taco, just chilling in the back seat. Oh, yeah. Just being a good little boy. <laughs> How old That's is Taco? Good little boy right there. He's fixing to turn eight. Eight, okay. Is that the a guy next to me? I was... Go ahead. The guy part next to me, I was watching him get into his car, and the way he had to ease his way into the car, I immediately recognized that he has a lower lumbar injury. I saw it the second I, because uh, I've dealt with that myself, <laughs> and I saw it right away. I'm like, I know that, I know that move right there. <laughs> yeah, when you're. Uh... Let me let me tell you something. Let me tell you something from a guy who's just a pussy comedy writer now who used to do blue-collar work. Lift with your fucking legs, 20-year-olds. Lift with your goddamn legs. It will it will catch up to you. Right. Do you have uh, do you have some extra lumbar support in the uh, Volvo? Uh, Volvo's a comfy, man. Yeah, Volvo's good for the back. Yeah, my, uh, my new Subaru has adjustable lumbar support. Really like that. You know, oh yeah. Get that get We're that lumbar support. Now. Yep. Run it all the way out and turn on the heated seats. You know? Yep. So Yep. Well cool man. So one more question before uh before we went live, you were saying that the uh you're you know, you like history and you were saying that the Japanese deserved it. Would you like to elaborate on that? I don't recall saying that at all. That's putting fucking, fucking, I'm just fucking American baseball. No, I was just fucking with you, man. Yeah. So, but cool. Thanks again uh, for you know taking the time to come on. Um, again, had a blast with you in Minneapolis, and uh, you know thanks for the drinks and the dinner. You, uh, I've never seen anybody so uh, excited for olives and calamari. 
as you, but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I have my my appetizer routine. Yeah, I was on I was in on a martini kick that night, and I'm not typically a martini guy, but I was down. It just was the kind of place where like you gotta order a martini, Jack. Yeah, it definitely uh, it definitely uh, had that kind of martini sex appeal about it. You know, that bar up on the top floor. Oh yeah. Well, what happened was I uh, I got back to my sister, and I got back pretty early. It was probably nine thirty when I got back to my sister's house, and she was up watching the Twins game. And I sat, and I had had a couple of those martinis, and I sat up on her couch and fell asleep sitting up on her couch watching the the, the Twins in the final inning. Yeah, martinis will get you. They will. They will. Yeah. They creep up on you fast. But again, cool. Like, uh, thanks again for taking the time. Um, you know, plug all your stuff. You know, you're going to be uh, on Jack Sesh tonight, correct? I'll be on the Friday night Jack Sesh. It'll be on the main YouTube page and Drinking Bros podcast. We'll probably be going live around five thirty to six. Uh, and uh. Taco will be there. Bill, hopefully you'll be calling in. I know there'll be a couple other people calling in, hopefully. And uh, hopefully get some new voices, too, on the other end of the line. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I got I got, I got, I got five hours to get into character. I'm, I'm, you got me so relaxed and feeling good, Bill. Yeah, just, uh, you know, like shotgun some, like, really awful beer and uh, grab some P. Terry's or something. You'll be ready to go. Just get into character of peace uh, i told joel i'm decorating the set like it's a 40 year old man who's never left his parents house uh so that's the vibe we're going to be going for oh yeah so uh is there going to be a lava lamp you know no don't want to spoil too oh, much yeah. there's gonna be a lava lamp we're thinking we're thinking about lava lamps yeah or or like a neon biscuit posters. yeah like a neon like a neon beer sign yep yeah. For like Stella because you're think, because you're older. Girl, like, no, you gotta go yeah. Stella because you're older, right? And you've your your beer taste is sophisticated, so you go with Stella, which is right. which is essentially the Bud Light of Europe, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. cool. So yeah, definitely go uh, check out Jack Sesh tonight. Uh, a blast. Go. Uh, uh, sorry, social medias. You're uh, just Jack Mandeville, I believe. Uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's J-A-C-K-M-A-N-D-A-V-I-L-L-E. Somebody told me, somebody was like, you think the reason you don't have more, a lot of followers is because of your last name is hard to spell? And I said, I don't think it's because of my last name. I think it's because I'm just like the guy they recognize from stuff, but like, they're not going to follow on social media, you know. Uh, uh, I'm not a guy that people strive to be, so I think people just kind of recognize me from videos and TV shows they've seen, and they're like, "Oh, he's that guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not a, you're not striving to be the next Dan Bilzerian on Instagram. Is what you're saying? No, God, I see my friends who have, you know, people I know who have. Uh, like a lot and they they're they work on the internet a lot and it seems just fucking exhausting uh the amount of shit uh because i if i fuck if i wake up and there's like maybe five or six messages from people uh uh from you know the last time i looked at it i i almost had a panic attack because i'm like oh god no now i gotta enter into six conversations and it's not because i don't like people it's just like i i have I'm kind of, I have such social anxiety at times that, like, I stress out about disappointing people. And then if you get into an actual conversation with me, then uh, you're going to see I'm not these characters I play, and you're going to be disappointed in me. <laughs> yeah, well, anyways, so, well. This is why I drink, Bill. Yeah, well, I drink because uh, my dad was English, and it's, you know, just inherited. Yeah, it's well. cultural. Yeah. And genetic. Yes, for sure. But yeah, go so go find Jack. Uh, pump up those numbers. You know, don't don't trigger his anxiety though. Let's leave Jack alone. Let him be. And uh, while yeah. you're at it, you know the drill. Go like and subscribe to the Nooner Nation on YouTube. Uh, we're we're close to 200, which is uh, 
Jack, not a lot, but you know, you got to start somewhere, right? And 200 is the next milestone for subscribers. So let's knock that one out of the park, guys. Uh, go to iTunes, rate and review, and uh, share. Just share this. Let's grow. And that uh, kind of the best growth is word of mouth. So go share that. And then uh, kind of another big announcement is, um, as most of you probably already know, I finally launched the website for the uh, Minor League Studios, which, um, you know, not to get too deep in the weeds, essentially just a place. There's all these people that have, you know, you've got like me, you got Beth and Greg, um, JJ, all these people that are kind of doing content creation on the small time, trying to make it big. And uh, instead of all of them having to, you know, build and pay for a website just to have a page like an uh, internet presence or a place to sell merch you know they just come to this website we host it you can network uh really great for cross promotion you know you go somebody comes on there looking for your stuff they find somebody else's stuff uh, so go check that out minorleaguestudios.com um you know a couple of us already have some stuff you know on there to for sale to support kind of what we're doing uh, you can even actually since you know, none of us have a thousand YouTube subscribers. We can't do the uh, the super chats where Google gets half of it, anyways. But so there's stuff in there if you just want to go, like, you know, donate five bucks to support, you know, all these uh, small time content creators. You can do that. And uh, so yeah, go check it out, minorleaguestudios.com. Um, Jack, this was a blast. Thanks again. I'll let you, uh, you and Taco, get on the road, get you in character, and uh, we'll see you tonight.
guys, thanks for watching our cover of The Diary of Jane by Breaking Benjamin. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify where you can find this song and all of our other covers and originals. Remember to check out our website, firstlovem.com, where you can find physical copies of all of our cover CDs as well as t-shirts and hoodies.